Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit hellofreedomchurch.com. Well, good morning again. It's wonderful having everybody, all of you here and present today. Uh, I think winter has arrived in the Northlands. Anybody like snow? All right, let's have a special time of prayer afterwards. Right here, right here. I love that. Uh, I like it as well, but it's, it's, it's all right. Uh, as you know, we're going through a series of sermons entitled Altered at the Altar. Uh, we have one more left. Uh, next Sunday, let me just throw in just a little plug. Next Sunday, a friend of mine, Dr. Paul Alexander, he's the president of Trinity Bible College and Graduate School. Again, he will be visiting uh, and speaking next Sunday. Incredible just a man that loves the Lord and incredibly brilliant and uh, has really done such a, a great work at, the, at my alma mater, the college there. So he'll be speaking next Sunday, but then after that will be the, the final uh, sermon. These last in this series, we've been talking about Abraham, uh, and today we're going to look at Abraham's son, Isaac. Last week, we talked about Abraham and Isaac and him offering up Isaac and, and, and that, the story. Uh, at this point, in Genesis 26, we're going to be looking today, it's Isaac. And uh, at this point, Abraham has died. And so now it's just Isaac. Uh, Genesis 26, 1 says, now there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham. So Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. So Isaac is living in, he's living in Israel. On the very south is Egypt, but in between those, in between Israel and Egypt on the south is the land of the Philistines or the land of Gerar. So Isaac, original intent was to travel, we'll get to these verses, but his original intent was to travel from, from Israel all the way down to Egypt because just a few chapters before, that's exactly what his dad had done. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 10, there was a great famine that comes to the land of Israel, and Abraham leaves, he leaves Israel to go down to Egypt. And so Isaac, during this, another famine occurs, he goes, I'm going to do the same thing my dad did. Verse 2, but the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt, stay in the land which I tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you. I will bless you, for to you and to your descendants I will give these lands, and I will establish the oath which I swore to your father Abraham. I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. I will give your descendants all these lands, and by your descendants all the nations, and all of the earth shall be blessed, because Abraham obeyed me and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my law. What God is saying to Isaac, we'll take a moment to stop at verse 5. What God is saying to Isaac is this, Isaac, you are a blessed man. Isaac, I really, really like you. Isaac, I want to bless you. I want to do things in your life. I want to provide for you. I really want to bless you. And all of the reason that I want to bless you is because of the obedience of your father, Abraham. I'm like, wow, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Because of your father, Abraham's obedience, I'm going to bless you. We can see it there. Because Abraham obeyed me and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, my laws, that's the reason I'm going to bless you, Isaac. What God is saying is, Isaac, I want you to know that the blessings in your life are the result of someone else. Isn't that something? I'm going to bless you, Isaac, because of your dad's obedience. 
And so often, as I think about this, so often the blessings that we receive is because of the faith of, and, and, and the obedience of another person. How many enjoy Chi Alpha? All right, I knew I was gonna woo out of that, but right. So, so, so when you came to UND, you probably had little to maybe no understanding. Like, what is what is Chi Alpha? Is that some Greek kind of thing? Like, what is this? You know, this this Greek sounding fraternity or sorority. Like, what is Chi Alpha? You probably didn't. Maybe, maybe some of you came having some knowledge of it, but maybe uh, some of you not a lot. And so, you, somewhere along the line, your first year, the first weeks, the first month, I don't know where it was, but you become acquainted with this thing called Chi Alpha. And so, as you step into this large group gathering this small group in a dorm or wherever it is, all of a sudden like, wow, this is really amazing. You're introduced to a large group gathering, to small groups, to, to, to these connect groups, to, to conferences and to retreats. And anybody like Chi Alpha? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It, it, it's awesome. But like when you came, it's, it's like the reason that you're enjoying because you're walking in the blessing of the obedience of a couple named Mark and Danielle. Because God spoke to them some years ago and said, we're going to move to Grand Forks to, to, to help come alongside what's happening in Chi Alpha, and so, which was awesome. And then, then, then Pastor Bryce and Eden left, and Mark and Danielle stepped in that position and doing such an amazing job of lead, leading in this ministry. And so when you stepped on the campus, you're simply walking in the blessings of their obedience, right? Because somebody went before you to prepare the way this morning, you know, to enjoy this time of worship. And it's like, it's awesome. Like, God, you're so wonderful. Like, this is great. I just love to worship you, and it feels so good. But, but we were walking in the, the blessings of the obedience of people that had gone before us because, like, Jordan and the band were here at, like, 7.30 practicing. Right? But it wasn't only that, but Jordan, and, and like, for years and years and years, he's been honing his abilities, to where when we stand up and he begins to lead in worship, it's so natural because God's grace is poured through him and we become the recipients of God's grace directed towards Jordan. You probably don't want me leading worship. It would not have been like a very positive experience. In fact, at a previous church, true story, I'm walking down the hallway of the church. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm singing as I'm walking down the hallway. A dear saint comes to me and says, Pastor, what did you do with all that money? And I'm like, money, money, money. Did I, did, I, have, have I, did I forget to do something with money? And I said, money, I don't, like, what are you talking about? She says, all that money that your mom gave to you for voice lessons. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. So you probably don't want me leading worship, right? I mean, I mean, we'd get through it, but, but, but it wouldn't be like, like having Jordan and the band and so many you know, other worship leaders lead in it. There, there's something that, that's, that becomes, you know, uh, powerful in all of that. But it, was, it wasn't just that, but when you think about it, it was that people that prepared the lyrics to go up on the screen so that we knew the words that we're going to sing. How many enjoyed a cup of coffee today? Aren't you glad that a, a, a mom of, of a couple young, incredible kids drove 30 miles this morning to prepare a cup of coffee for you? How many felt blessed because of coffee? Well, you're walking in the blessing of the obedience and the service of another person, right? 
But it's more than that. When we came today and flipped on the lights, they came on. When somebody plugged in the, the amps and, and, and the guitars, like the power like came on. Anybody glad for heat? Woo, I'm glad for you. Well, that's because people in the past have been obedient to the Lord in tithes and offerings, and so we're able to pay the electric bills. And so today we're experiencing, as we sit here, the blessings of what other people have done. And that, that's, that's what this scripture talks about, that Isaac, I'm going to bless you, God says, but it's because of the obedience of your dad, Abraham. And when I think about that, the Bible says that God, it says in Peter, he's opposed to the proud, he resists the proud because a proud is someone who says, I, I'm a self-made man. I'm a self-made woman. What I've done, I deserve. Look at me. And God says, no, he resists the proud. No, 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 there's no room for pride or arrogance because the blessings that we have today, in, in, in most part, are due to the obedience of someone that's gone before us. We stand on the shoulders of those that have gone before us. People will say, Pastor, sometimes, you know, we're so glad for Freedom Church and that you planted the church. And I say, you know what? Man, I just stepped into it because actually there was another individual, Leon Freetag, that three years before I'd even thought about Grand Forks, that he and his wife, they had been saving and setting money aside as a district so that when, we, when the right person stepped in, they'd say, we're ready to go. And so, like, it's not me. We're just walking in, in the obedience of what someone else has done that went before me. He's opposed to the proud. And as I think about this season that we're in, it's Thanksgiving, right? And it's a, it, it, it's a season of gratitude. And as I, think that, as I think about that, to be, I think it's very honoring to be thankful for the blessings in our life. Gratitude runs contrary to pride and self-centeredness. I think we need to realize that most, most of the blessings in our life is because of the obedience and the faith of someone else, a mom, a dad, grandma, grandpa, teacher, coach, neighbor, friend, and we can go on and on the line, uh, down the line as we, th we think about that. And what I think is so awesome and so incredibly powerful is when we acknowledge that and say, God, thank you. And you know, maybe today, maybe today you need to make a call when you leave here today. Maybe you need to say, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to call my mom or I'm going to call this coach or teacher and just say, you know, thank you so much. This is where I'm at today, and it's really because of what you've done and your obedience to the Lord. We also need to understand that our actions, whether big or small, have a, a far-reaching effect. So our obedience today, our obedience today has a far-reaching effect upon others, upon others. Not just about us, but when we walk in obedience to the Lord, others will be blessed, and there's this ripple effect of blessing that occurs. Verse 18, we're going to skip some verses in the middle, uh, from verse 5 all the way to verse 18. It uh, says, Isaac dug again the wells of water which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham, and he gave them the same names which his father had given them. So Isaac is in Gerar. Verse 18, his father had been there. His father had dug wells. But after Abraham died, what the Philistines did, the Philistines were always the nemesis of the Israelites. What the Philistines come, come to do, they fill in. They fill in the wells with rocks and stones and earth and dirt uh, and whatever else it was. They fill in the wells so, that, so they cannot be used. And when Isaac comes into that land, what he begins to do, he begins to redig the wells that his father had once dug. 
But when Isaac's, verse 19, but when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of flowing water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with the herdsmen of Isaac, saying, this water is ours. So he named, Isaac named that well Essek because they contended with him. The name Essek means quarrel or strife. That well was the well of quarreling and strife. And so Isaac and his guys, they didn't have any like augers. They didn't have any backhoes. They go into this area and as they do, they're going to dig a well. And so they, they begin to dig this well and to redig the wells. And finally, remember, this is in the middle of a famine, this is an incredibly arid area. And so it's not, it's not easy like Red River Valley soil digging. It's, it's, it's hard digging, and they're digging by hand. And they dig this well, find water. And as soon as they find water, the, 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 the herdsman of Gerar come and says, hey, that's actually our well. And Isaac doesn't fight back. He says, very well, and he walks on. And Isaac says, I'm going to name this place Essex, Essex because it's the place of where there's been quarreling. There's a, it's the place of contention. Verse 21, they dug another well, and they quarreled over it too, so he named that one Sitna. The name Sitna means feud or opposition. Isaac names this well the place of feuding or of opposition. Imagine that, digging a second well. How long did it take? I don't know how long it took to dig that well, but it was a long time. He digs this well, and once they finally strike water, and they're able to water, like get sustenance for themselves and for their flocks and their herds, what happens is that the, 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 the herdsmen of Gerar come and says, hey, that's actually our well, and Isaac says, very well, and they move on. Anybody would do the same? Yeah, we say, not here, not now, right? This is my water. I'll take it. Verse 22, and he moved there. He dug a third well. This is now the third well that Isaac digs. And it says, they did not quarrel over it, so he named it Rehoboth. Because, as he said, at least the Lord has made room for us and we will be fruitful in the land. The name Rehoboth means a place of broad places and ample space, an ample room. Lots of space, lots of room. And they went up from there to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared to him that night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you. I will multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. Verse 25, so he built an altar there. He called upon the name of the Lord. He pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants dug a well. We're going to wrap it up at this verse 25. Three things occur. Three things happen. It says, number one, he dug a well. He dug a well. He just had dug already three, a couple of wells, and now he digs another well. Okay. As I think about this, what's the significance? It's because there's famine that's in the land. It's a desert-like arid region. Water is in short supply. Water is necessary for the existence of, of, of Isaac and his family as well as for his herds. Without water, they're going to perish. They're going to perish. Years earlier, in the midst of a similar, not the same, but a similar famine, Abraham had dug those wells of water. And it was there that Abraham found incredible sustenance. It was there that Abraham found strength. It was there that Abraham found refreshment in those wells. And now Isaac returns to that same area, same kind of drought, and, and he's experienced the blessings of Abraham's obedience, and yet, as I think about this story, yet the thing about it is that Isaac still had to dig his own wells. 
in that first part, think about, think about uh, since, you know, the students that are with us today, we think about the blessing of walking in the obedience of, of Mark and Danielle and, and of Josiah and Kinsey and, and Judah and McKinsey, uh, Mikhail, excuse me. We think about just the blessing of, of, of that and what a great blessing is. But can I tell you something, students? That's not enough because you still have to dig your own well. It's not enough. I think about the blessings in my life with my mom and dad and, and the faith that they had or of those in the past and what a wonderful blessing it is. But can I tell you something? That's not enough. I still have to dig my own well. What does that mean? What does that mean? These wells speak of, of blessing. It speaks of, of, of sustenance. It speaks of water. It speaks of life-giving water. And what that means is that in order for me to survive, I'm so thankful for the blessings of those that have gone before me, but what that also means is this, that I have to dig that well. I have to redig those wells of myself for my own self. And it was there that, that, that as we dig those wells, I'm speaking of times of, of, of worship and intentional times of spending time in God's word and in prayer. It's in those times that God gives to us such incredible strength and refreshment. And then Isaac builds an altar. He wasn't angry. He wasn't disheartened. He doesn't, he doesn't appear to be vindictive at the herdsmen of Gerar. Rather, he just moves on. He moves on, builds another well. His desire was not to get even with the Philistine. he, Philistines. He simply builds an altar. And there it says, and there he called in the name of the Lord. And there he called on God's name. The altar that he built through all these altars, we've just been naming them. I think this is an altar of persistence. An altar of persistence. That we've dug the well that received no sustenance because of the quarreling. We dug another well. They received no sustenance, refreshment. So they dug another well and finally, finally they're allowed that. And once they get to that place, they go, all right, it's at this place I'm going to build an altar and call on the name of the Lord. It was an altar of, 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 of where there was not feuding. There was not strife, but it was this altar of just of persistence. And sometimes we pray for things and we, 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 we you know, intercede for things and we're praying for the salvation of friends or for us to overcome whatever addiction or struggle or weakness that we have. And sometimes it's so easy for discouragement to come in. But I think it's so important that as we're digging those wells and getting a hold of God's presence. I think it's so important that we continue to persist in those moments, in those times, to keep digging those wells. And then the fourth thing, it says, and there he pitched his tent there, which means he chose, this is the place I'm gonna live right here. I'm very content living in this place. He lived there. He lived there. Of just, of this digging this well, and the sustenance, the refreshment that came from, this is the place where, where I'm going to live. And as I think about this message, I, I think it's a very simple, it's a very straightforward uh, message. But as, look, as I look back in my life and the things that have been influential for me that have made a difference in my life, the times that I've spent in, in individual prayer and in developing a prayer walk and spent in times of devotion. As I look back in my life after all of these years, for me, I would just say, man, that's something I would, I, I've never had any regret over any time spent in prayer. I've never had any regret for spending time getting to know the voice of the Lord. I've never had any time 
in the week as I come into the sanctuary and just take quiet time to be with the Lord and just praying and pacing and, and just taking his face. There's never been a time I said, you know, that was way too much. You actually prayed too much. There's never been any times of just like, yeah, that, that a little regret. I, that, one of the most important things that you can do at this point in your life, regardless of where you're at, is to really begin to spend time in it or to spend t- the continued time in his word getting to know this is what the voice of the Lord sounds like. This is what my voice sounds like. And that's the analogy that I've made today of just digging that well for spiritual strength, for spiritual sustenance, regardless. I believe what's necessary today in this, in this generation for the times that we live in it's imperative there's a group of people that really know their God and know what he's speaking to them and will simply obey. It's not about big, you know, high-profile name evangelicals and whatever, and God uses them. I'm not against, I love that, God's body. But it's not about finding that, you know, what's this person saying or what's this person saying? It's more like what's God saying to me? And what's my role in it? That when God speaks, we say, I've heard God's voice. Yes, I'm going to obey. I'm so thankful for the blessings again of my father, uh, who was a pastor. My mother, a wonderful woman of prayer. And for my grandfather and his wife. And my great, I'm so thankful for the godly heritage that I have. But that's just not enough for me to make it today. I personally have to dig that well. I personally, tomorrow morning, today, this morning already, tomorrow morning, I'm going to have to dig that well of sustenance and refreshment because because we're living in a spiritual famine. And I can't make it through that day without that. And so that's imperative that I do that. And I, I believe it's really, that's something for all of us. God, I need, is it easy? No, digging wells by hand is not always easy. Is it fun? No, it's not always fun. But when the water begins to come forth, whew, it feels good when you sense God's presence. And so God, my prayer today is God, help us, help us, Lord, just to, to continue to be intentional about digging those wells. And so if we would just bow our heads, if Jordan and the band, if you'd just come to the front uh, as well today and just begin to, to lead us in, in that song. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're watching online today, we just bow our heads. And I, just, just before we conclude in a song, I would just say this. You know, one of the biggest enemies that we face, one of the biggest enemies that we face today is the enemy of discouragement. Because if the enemy can get us discouraged, if he can get us down and depressed, if he can get us eyes on, on whatever it is other than, other than, than the goal, man, he's won. And there's something about this altar of persistence that maybe you've been praying for something a long, long time. I would just encourage you, don't stop praying. Maybe you've been battling something in your life for a very long time and you're thinking, you know what, this is just what defines me. This addiction defines me and so I'm just gonna give up. It's no use. Do not stop praying and believing for a breakthrough. Do not stop. Do not stop. Maybe you're seeking God for an answer to prayer. I would, again, just my, my encouragement with today is just continue to press in. Let's continue to believe. God, we know that you are a prayer-answering God. 
And every day as we dig these wells and erect this altar, we're saying, God, you are faithful, and I know you to be faithful in Jesus' name. And so, Father, today in the name of Jesus Christ, we love you, we bless you, we just praise you today. And, Father, today we build this altar, Lord. I I know we've done it before, God, but we're going to do it again today. We're going to do it again tomorrow. We're going to do it again on Tuesday, Lord. And, Father, we're going to dig these wells, oh, God. And I know it's just of persistence, saying, God, we believe, God, we believe, we believe you have things and blessings for us today. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we open our hearts, our minds, and our arms to you, Lord. You're welcome here in this place, oh, God, I pray. Holy Spirit, come, I ask, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.